Yes, 100% yes on all fronts. Um, <laughs> continuing education is a huge part of what I require my staff to do on their own time. Um, I buy training, ongoing training. We are constantly listening to podcasts to stay informed. Um, it is a huge, huge, huge thing to stay on top of the trends and make sure you are shifting because the things that I was doing when I started this business by myself would not fly right now. Even the stuff that we were doing two years ago is already dated. The number of hashtags on Instagram, the, the maximum is 30. And before they were saying use 30 and now like seven to 10 is the sweet spot. And don't hashtag this if your picture is of this and use a carousel versus a single image and video on LinkedIn and make sure you're you know crowdsourcing your commenting and uploading your videos manually to Facebook. Don't link outside of the platform. Like I can go on and on and on. And that was maybe confusing for some people. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have Amanda Relier Voss with me here today. She's a 32-year-old social media agency business owner who builds online communities for authentic connections and for brands. Uh, she builds organic customer bases so that they're not buying customers. She has also been nominated three times for the RBC Canadian Women Entrepreneurs Award. And she is also very selective in her clients because she only wants to work with people that are authentic and the people that take care of their customers and run good businesses. And so with that, welcome to the show, Amanda. Hey, everybody. So nice to be here. I'm very excited to have this chat. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I uh well, I got to ask you a quick question because I love it. Uh, how did you end up with Like a Voss social media? This story is not even cool at all. So I was working <laughs> at this other place and I thought I wanted to start a business. And this was eight years ago. So I'm dating myself a bit. Um, like a Boss was really, really cool at that point. And my name is one letter off. So I thought it was like so clever hashtag like a boss so that's where that came from <laughs> it's like i'm on a boat and you got your flippy floppies right so i know where yeah. that came, i know where yeah. that came from <laughs> <laughs> i'll date myself too that's cool um and so i so one of the things i want to hop in with you is that we were kind of talking offline about the people that you like to work with and you said that you you have to vibe with the business owners and so uh, can you kind of walk me through the people that you look to work with uh, in your agency and the, some of the things that you guys do with them? Sure. So I, like many business owners, fell victim pretty early on to just like hunting for work and working just to make money and working with anyone. Uh, and it wasn't until, you know, I've achieved a certain levels of success that I started being a little bit more selective 
after, you know, working with stressful clients or people whose business practices were just kind of shady to me. Um, at this point, my business is a hundred percent referral based. So I have never in eight years paid a dollar for advertising. What I do is excellent work for my clients. And then when people ask them who is doing their social, they willingly give a referral my way. They're, it's, they're not bought in any way. It's not like, you know, $1,000 per referral, which is a practice that's out there as well. And when I get a referral, I actually sit down one-on-one -on -one with the owner of the business and just have a 30-minute like chat, very casual. Um, I, you know, will show up wearing whatever. There is no structure to it. It's, hey, this is who I am. Who are you? Tell me about your business. Tell me about why you got started with your business and what are your goals with social media. And based on that half hour conversation, I do slightly judge a book by its cover and I will actually determine whether or not I like to put them through um, our process, which would be the next step would be a full discovery with the entire Like a Voss team. Um, I have found that this has been an excellent way to filter for clients because there have been a few circumstances in the past where I got a really bad gut feeling and I ignored it and I pursued the client, signed the client, and then ended up uh, being stiffed for thousands of dollars after we had prepared a strategy and done a full onboarding. So A, if my gut is telling me no, I absolutely do not pursue the client. And then B, um, I need to make sure that their values align with mine and the values of my business because- I'm doing well enough that I can be picky. You're probably more <laughs> profitable with not taking on the headache clients, I would imagine. Um, you know, is that, uh, so I, I, I want to uh, circle back on something you said though, that I love because you said, you know, I don't advertise to get my clients who I build organic for, right? I had so many people that do SEO stuff, you know, search engine optimization yep. um, for free, yep. uh, you know, advertising things that I would ask like, what do you rank for? And they're like, oh, we don't work on our stuff. And I'm like, well, uh, yeah. So I love the fact that you said that because that was always one of the biggest sticking points. And like these salespeople would call me and they're like, you know, our SEO services are great. We'll put you on the first page of Google. I'm like, well, what are you on the first page for? Well, we don't work on our stuff. So your strategy is to cold call people all day long. Like this is a better strategy than have people find you that's looking for your services. Uh, you don't rank on anything. So I love the fact that you said you don't pay for clients to, to build them organic communities <laughs> that you are building. I really good, like, <laughs> yeah, I really, really like that you picked up on that because a lot of times people ask me why I don't do paid Facebook ads or paid Instagram ads or paid this or paid that. And my answer is, well, I don't offer that to my clients and I'm pitching them a strategy about organic growth. So if I'm out there not doing what I'm doing for them, how can I possibly sell them on, on, on the value I'm providing? Yeah. Yeah. It's like getting a health plan from somebody who's 500 pounds. Like you can't, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, what are you right. doing? Like, and so that I, I used to always blow my mind, but that was literally like, it was, I have these guys cold call me and I'm like, cold call is your strategy. Like you got it. This is hard. Why don't you do organic traffic that if it's so easy, you know? So I, I just love that you said that. And so walk me through what you guys do when you build, like what, what does building an organic community mean to you? So we have a pretty refined process in which we put our clients through in order to understand their business, their goals, how they want to build their community. So we always start with that, you know, one-on-one -on -one with me and the decision maker in the other business. And then I bring in the team and we go through a discovery process. 
the discovery process is actually something that apparently not a lot of other agencies do because oftentimes when I'm going through the discovery, I've had the potential clients say like, oh, wow, like no one's ever asked me that before. Like, that's such a great question. And to me, well, if I, if, if I don't have the answer to this question, there's no possible way that I can do my job for you. So who else have you been working with that hasn't asked you this basic thing? So we've got between 14 and 25 questions, depending on the business and how much I can research on my own. Uh, before that call. And once we go through the discovery process, then my team meets internally and we do a brainstorming session on how we think we can best reach that person's target. Now they do need to understand who their target is in order to work with us. Once we do that internal meeting, then we progress to the strategy stage and we will prepare internally on the strategy documents for overall strategy, engagement strategy, commenting strategy. And then we have an, uh, a meeting with that potential client once they've signed. So they have to sign after discovery in order for us to progress through the, the, um, the strategy building. Because I'm not going to build you a strategy for free. Sorry. That's <laughs> not how it works. So you meet with me. You want to work with me. You sign a contract. We prepare your strategy. We present you with your strategy. And then once, once that's done, uh, your monthly billing will start. And we go on to do all of the deliverables on that. So it would be like creating content for the channels, X number of posts per week, depending on strategy, doing outward engagement sessions on Instagram. So that's actually like commenting on other people's stuff as your business, instead of just waiting for them to comment on you, doing Instagram hashtag research, doing LinkedIn hashtag research, Facebook hashtag research answering every single comment that comes in on every single channel. And yes, we actually do that. And yes, it's actually human beings doing it. That is the difference. Um, we're, you know, giving you strategies on what kind of reels to create. If you're the face of your business, we'll give you like a, a talking point of like 12 videos, bang them out. We'll create those reels. We'll give you strategy on what kind of behind the scenes content to create for us. Any photography will give help on that. And then our like big grand package is actually gamification and contesting for clients. So, okay, we're going to get you a bunch of UGC, which is user generated content. Um, we're going to reach out to influencers, offer your product or service for free, or do a paid placement and then get content being generated about your product that you can then share on your social channels. So we are very much focused on social. We are very much focused on organic and we are wanting to create actual relationships with your clients. Um, I have a company that I've supported for years. I will never go anywhere else. And every time that I buy this product, I post it and they repost it and they follow me. And I've talked to the owner in DMs all the time. I don't even really know the woman, but she knows that I'm a client and that I buy her stuff. And that's what we're after because there is never, like I will never buy this product from another company because that is my girl. Like that's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> You're tied in, right? So it's a- uh... yeah. Um, so when you're, when you're seeing right now, um, just for my own personal, uh, inquiry, but like, um, are, do you see ebbs and flows between the different socials as far as like, it feels like they change the rules a lot for engagement and promotion of posts, you know, cause you'll see like Gary V stuff and it's like, well, run to this one. And it's like, run to that one. Like, do you see that a lot? Cause I think about like LinkedIn and like Instagram or Facebook, you know, they change their algorithms a lot because that was like Google's model is always that they change who shows up on the first page because the second if your business is built on that traffic, they change the rules. Now all of a sudden you got to buy traffic again, right? 
So do you guys have to continually change the strategy? Yes, 100%. Yes, on all fronts. Um, <laughs> continuing education is a huge part of what I require my staff to do on their own time. Um, I buy training, ongoing training. We are constantly listening to podcasts to stay informed. Um, it is a huge, huge, huge thing to stay on top of the trends and make sure you are shifting because the things that I was doing when I started this business by myself would not fly right now. Even the stuff that we were doing two years ago is already dated. The number of hashtags on Instagram, the, the maximum is 30. And before they were saying use 30 and now like seven to 10 is the sweet spot. And don't hashtag this if your picture is of this and use a carousel versus a single image and video on LinkedIn and make sure you're you know crowdsourcing your commenting and uploading your videos manually to Facebook. Don't link outside of the platform. like. I can go on and on and on. And that was maybe confusing for some people. Sorry. No, I'm following um, you. It's, it's, uh... But there is so much to consider, uh, especially if you're running strategy on more than one platform, because what works on Facebook does not work on LinkedIn, does not work on Instagram. You are running simultaneous strategies. You can use the same content per se, but the way you write it for Facebook is different than the way you write it for Instagram is different than the way that you write it for LinkedIn is different than the way you write it for Twitter is different than the way that you film it for TikTok is different than the way you pin it on Pinterest. <laughs> it's just crazy. All the stuff we have right now. And they, um, so, uh, as you're doing that, um, my, my, I kind of want to shift the way that we're talking about this. Like, I, I would love to deep dive with you into the marketing pieces and strategy with it because I'll geek out on that stuff. Not only do I like entrepreneurship, but I love marketing. But um, I really want to kind of shift that back on the entrepreneurship uh, side of this. And as a young business owner, um, how many how many employees do you have now? You said five. Five. Okay. And I know you have other team members too, because I saw on the website, there was a bunch of other, you know, you've got other uh, contributing people and kind of stuff. And um, have you, so how did you decide that you were going to do this on your own? Like you said, you were a one person, you were a one man band or one woman band. And, uh, and then you decided like, Hey, I'm going to be a business owner. And then all of a sudden you start building a team. Like what are some of the lessons you've learned of going from solopreneur to business owner? Excellent question. So I, I started without having any previous planning to do so. I saw an opportunity and I you know approached the CEO of the business I was working at and asked if I could do this on the side. And he claimed conflict of interest, which was not accurate. So I quit immediately. <laughs> I gave him one week notice, which was so unprofessional, but whatever. Uh, and I then I decided that I needed to have a fallback plan. So I got a job selling cars at Honda while I was trying to start my business because I needed to pay rent still. Um, and I wasn't making enough to do that with, with just the business. So the solopreneur portion was actually the first five years, which is significant. At first I had um, the, the income from the car sales job on top of the income from the business, which was very, very minimal. It wasn't until I landed um, a large quote unquote client that was allowing me to bill her hourly that I kind of shifted from working for another job and doing the business to working only on the business. That being said though, I am not going to say that that's when I actually took off because if you think about it, 
I was running a business that was hired by another business to work for the other business. Like I wasn't a true agency. I was counting my hours against a paycheck. Yeah, you were, which 10, isn't you were almost a like a 1099. Like a, 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 uh, you were an independent contractor as an employee. Yeah, so <laughs> I still had my business and I had yeah. clients other than her, but like she was my main client and I was working lots of hours for her day in and day out. Uh, and I did keep that up for a few years. Uh, while managing other work as well that was more of a retainer basis so a month over month with deliverables clearly outlined rather than showing up and saying what do you need for me today so the transition into agency or true business owner happened after I hired or sorry after I accepted my first intern um, from the program that I actually graduated from so I went to St. Lawrence College in Kingston Ontario in the then named IMC Integrated Marketing Communications, and now it's AMC. Anyway, I've been out for a long time, so the name changed. Um, I had this intern for six weeks, full-time hours. And during those six weeks, full-time hours, I took on way more clients because I wasn't doing the busy work. And then at the end of the six weeks, I thought, oh my goodness, I cannot sustain this if you are not here. And so I offered her a job and she was with me for a couple years. And then this is like this trick that I have. I mean, I've said this on podcasts before and I'll say it here again. I have this amazing hiring strategy, which is get interns to work for free for six weeks and then hire them. And they're already trained in the job. And I've done this for three years consecutively. So my first intern I hired The next year I took on three interns and they all fought for a job. I hired one of them. This year I took on three interns. I all fought for a job and I hired one of them. I have hired two external people who applied for the job uh, through job listings. That being said, both of them are actually still from the same school that I went to because I use college job boards to advertise a job and I know the quality of student that's coming out of that program. Well, so I would we say this too, almost, you're also, you're also getting people that don't have the bad habits of another agency yet, right? Yes. So they're not so running the business I'm, the way that the other guy taught them to, or three other people taught them to, or they were a solopreneur and they didn't make it. So now they're going to come in and tell you how to run it. Right. Interesting. Um, two of the women who currently work for me own their own business and still do that. It, yeah. it, it's just not a direct conflict. Um, I do have a, obviously a contract that people sign with a non-compete clause. So I don't hire other agency owners to work in my agency. The one is a graphic illustrator and the other one um, is an upcycle clothes maker. And then they do social with me and there's nothing that's a conflict there. Um, I, I'm happy to employ business owners who are looking for solid income while they grow. And I'm assuming that they will transition out of my business eventually. And that's totally fine with me. I really see my boutique agency as a chance to train brand new, um, people in the industry and have them move on in the future. Um, the way I do things is very authentic and, um, Uh, learning to work in this model will serve in a larger agency model that maybe is a little bit more closed off and impersonal. They will kind of bring that into another agency environment. I mean, like eventually I would love to be that big agency that, that is doing that. And right now I consider myself a grooming place um, five years and then they're probably (laughs) five years and then they're probably going to move on, which is totally fine with me. Um, and my clients absolutely love how hungry all of my staff are 
when they enter in because they're, they're, they've just graduated and they're so excited to work. They're not burnt out 20 years in the industry, right? Like they're hungry for knowledge. They want to learn everything. Um, and they're probably, found, they're probably more on the cutting edge as well. hundred percent. They're using the yep. things that they're telling people they're going to use. So like when yep. you said like, Oh yeah, you're not supposed to use 30 hashtags and they look at you like, yeah, we know that. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're, you know what I mean? Like they're, yes, they're already yes. there and you're like, Oh, uh, so <laughs> you're probably learning quite a bit of social from them as well along the way, as far as that continuing education. Um, I love the, one of the things that, uh, that you kind of, the way that you got into this and you, and you did it because it's honestly a lot of times for people, my advice to them when they ask me about starting a business is that if you have a business idea and it's a new type of business or it's something new to you, um, my advice usually is, well, do it as a side hustle. And if you can make it out of a business from a side hustle, then you're probably going to be okay to quit. But don't just quit your job and go become an entrepreneur because it's not for everybody. It really, it's, it's, you know, there are people that thrive in structure and there are people that thrive out of structure. And if you try a side hustle and you're like, ah, oh, this is too many hours of the day. Cause I work from, I work eight hours and then I have to do two hours of side hustle. I'm like, you may not want to be an entrepreneur because it doesn't turn off a lot of times at night. You know what I mean? Like we, you have to find different outlets. Like it's a 24 hour gig. So if 10 hours is too much for you you may want to pull back on the reins a little bit on I'm quitting my job to be, you know, a baker or whatever, you know? I agree with that. I feel that there is a lot of content out there encouraging everyone to start a business. And at the end of the day, it really is not for everyone. Yeah. I don't get vacation. I might go to Mexico for a week, but hundred percent I'm on there a couple hours checking emails and yeah. answering client messages and checking in on my staff yeah and, and that's and you, but you've been doing night, it for so long right like you're not doing that as a solo premiere like when you're just starting off like you know what I mean like that's the thing like when I when I, I was a I actually became an entrepreneur before I became a, an employee somewhere and when I became the employee I went to work for a bank and I literally was home at 4 30 and the first thing I realized was I don't have the first clue what's on TV at 4.30 in the afternoon. Like, it was like, <laughs> I was just like, this is so weird. Like, we, they give us Columbus Day off, which is like not, it's like, a, like the, you know, it's like this tiny holiday that I think, I don't even know if you get off for school. And like, we had the bank holiday for it. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, I had never not worked, you know? Like, what do I do yeah, right like now? Christmas, like Christmas afternoon, I'm like, I got some stuff to do, you know? It's like, you know, yeah. so I went, it, I went the exact opposite way of that. And so... Um, I love that you made it through that and then said, okay, now that I, and you went and sold cars, which from talking to you, I'm assuming probably wasn't your favorite thing to do, but, <laughs> um, and so, but it's like, you do that and then it's like, okay, now I'm going to go hustle this and I'm going to go figure out the pieces that I need to fix to turn this into a business because you, you yep. can't be taught how to do that. You know, and yeah. you can't, you can't decide whether you, it really is your passion just because you think you like taking pictures of dogs. You're going to make a business out of that. Like you need to try, you need to do those things like either the weekends or the nights or, you know, those kinds yeah. of things. And so I think it's very important. There's actually a super important book to read about that called, if you've ever read it called the E-Myth. No. Yeah. So it describes what I talk about a lot of times where like the painter, you know, the painter's working for $20 an hour painting for the guy and he sees him get a $3,000 check. He's like, I'm going to be the paint owner. Right. And so he goes and he gets some business and then all of a sudden, you know, he doesn't know that there's six pieces to the business, right? There's sales, marketing or sales, uh, you know, um, marketing, there's operations, there's customer service, there's finance and HR. He only concentrates on one or two because he thinks he's a tradesman 
that's going to be a business owner and doesn't realize when you become the business owner, you become a lot less of the tradesman, right? Yeah. And that's why I asked you about what the difference was with having the five employees. You now start to think about the business and the hiring and those kind of things. When you're on your own, it's a lot different. <laughs> the transition from, and I'm sure that people listening have heard this, working in the business <laughs> versus working on the business. And I have dedicated the last two years to actually transition into working on the business. It's one of the hardest things in the world because from zero to a hundred thousand revenue, you got these ropes and the saddle and you're dragging that business to the hundred thousand dollar revenue. But when you get to one to five or one to 1 million, you have to take the saddles off and let other people run with it. But the business wouldn't have survived without you doing all the hard work in the first place. And so now it's like, it becomes a different transition. And then when you get it from one above, you know, I would say one to, you know, 10, it now becomes, okay, I am not only not going to answer the questions for the people, they're going to bring me the problems that I need to solve with the very small things, or I'm going to have a visionary for my business. And it's, it's a very different step ladder that as people don't realize when they're going through the entrepreneurial journey, you need to sometimes step back and look at your business plan and, and have a moment, like you said, working, working on the business is also realizing what your role is in it. Yeah, 100%. Right. <laughs> um, a couple things that were essential to my transition was hiring an accountant yeah. uh, to get me some financial insight into the business and also hiring an HR manager, even though it's only a small agency, having someone to manage the employees and their, their sick days and their feelings and all of those things that like I, like I can't do it all the time. So if there's a scheduling conflict, if they want time off to work on their SMART goals, to do their employee evaluations every quarter, I actually just hired someone to do that. And I, you know, I read over the evaluations and I add my comments and I come on the video call and I I put my time in and we are small and they do have access to me, but it is so amazing to have that in place where like, I'm focusing on like doing podcast interviews and, you know, doing those sales calls and refining process and working with the, the, the accountant and, you know, putting systems into place, doing business coaching. Like I have time to do these things now to take me to that next level. Whereas before I was looking at all the content and approving every single thing. Now I do that for some clients because I just can't let go. But <laughs> it's hard because that's, also- that's the transition to letting go that those ropes you were running to get to the, the business off the ground. But, you know, (laughs) there are at this point clients that have like that have been onboarded and that we've been running for months. And I have no idea what even the content that we're posting is because I have full trust in the account manager. And then the client will request for me to be on one of like the, you know, analytic meeting calls. And they ask me a question. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm not your account manager. This is your account manager. I do zero work in your account. I'm the owner. Like, I don't like, this isn't my thing anymore. Like I got, I'll put my face in and show you, but it's funny because I still have this air of authority as the CEO business owner, but in actual fact, my employees are doing all of the work on the accounts and are what way better equipped to answer the questions from the clients. Yeah. It's a fantastic thing. (laughs) Right. So uh, the term that we always use was uh, if something is teachable and repeatable, then you need to delegate and elevate. Yes. Right? Ooh, I so, like that. I yeah, like that. I kind of stole it from Traction, but it's one of my favorite books. So Wait, I have Traction right up there and I haven't read it yet. Oh my gosh. That is the most important business book I've ever read. I got it Hands at Genius down. Network in uh, 2019 when a client brought me. 
Not even, uh, not even close. Sweet. Oh my God. Not even close. Like... We spent, we spent a year using that book literally chapter by chapter with my leadership team. And at the end of it, uh, with the company that did was going to buy us the year before was a publicly traded company that said, no, we can't because you're the linchpin of this whole thing. It was talking to me. Uh, yeah. so as soon as we buy you, we want you to go do this at 20 other places. If we pull you out of here, the whole thing's going to crumble. And I'm like, I got a hundred employees. Like, what are you talking about? We did traction and a year later they came back and bought us and paid us more money for it. I'm God. telling you. Yeah. It was, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I love, I love traction. I can probably, okay, I can I'm gonna, probably cite it. So. I'm going to bump it up. My list <laughs> Just, you got to use the steps though. If you, otherwise it doesn't work. Cause you got to do all of them. That's the one thing, but I, it's, it's actually, it's actually a, a plan instead of just a concept book. Okay. So, yeah, it was, it's a, you'll, well, you're now you're going to see where I stole my delegate and elevate story, but whatever. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, I want to ask you, uh, I've got to get on with you for the, um, to do the high impact series. So um, I want to ask you, like, if people are listening to this, like who should come find you and where do they find you at? So as a social media agency and a social media agency owner, I'm literally everywhere. Um, literally Googling my name is a great start, but the business is called Like a Voss Social Media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you are vibing with me as a human being, uh, I would direct you to my Instagram. That's kind of where I spend most of my time. Um, I'm a big outdoor adventurer. I share all my beautiful photos there. It's Mandy with an I, Relier Voss, M-A-N-D-I. And my website, like a Voss social media, you can book uh, through there to speak with me directly if you wanted to do that little chit chat that I mentioned. And I'm looking for you if you are um, struggling with social media, you don't know where to start, you don't know how to progress, and you're confused by community building, and you really want to offload all of your social responsibility and get back to doing what you do best, which is running your business. Absolutely. Something that find, find, find experts and delegate the pieces to them that they should be doing and say in your zone of genius would be some of my best advice that you can do. Yeah, that zone owner. of genius for yeah. sure, 100%. <laughs> awesome. Well, Mandy, thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, we're going to uh, wrap it there, but they, uh, we're going to hop on for doing the uh, high impact series. Uh, thank you so much for coming on with us. I love hearing your story. I love seeing where you're at in your journey, building this thing. So congratulations. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.